0: Maybe you saw that movie, The Good Dinosaur, and uh, I'm not going to ruin the whole thing for you, but I am going to spoil in case you want to fast forward just a little bit. I don't know why it would matter this far down the road, honestly, but the, the, the good dinosaur's dad dies in a flood and the good dinosaur is strapped with extreme guilt because he's afraid of everything after he loses his dad. He feels like he can't operate in the world because he's afraid all the time. And the moral of the story ends up being uh, he meets this pterodactyl that has no fear and you know goes straight into the eye of every storm. And and that that behavior is ultimately less effective than having fear but stepping through fear. And that's what we're going to talk about in today's podcast for you novelists. Hey, I'm the Reluctant Book Marketer, and I've got just one question for you. Do you see your novel as a million-dollar asset? Because if you don't, and you want to, you're in the right place. This is the only show for novelists who want to shift their mindset away from fear and toward abundance, because you can sell more books than you ever dreamed when you believe in what you're doing It's so easy to think that fear is the enemy, because when we're afraid, we freeze. Fear classically does one of two things. It either causes us to puff our chests up, and get forward, and go for the big swing to fight, or causes us to cower, to back up, to flee, to run away. Fight or flight, classic. The problem is there is a third option. There is to exist with fear. And that's the secret. That is the key to being successful, not just as a novelist, not just as a best-selling novelist, but as a person to receive fear, to allow fear to be what it is, which is a, a source of information And to take that fear and to use it as our superpower. I think a lot about superpowers right now. I think it would be difficult not to with all of the movies that are coming out from the different comic giants. But I think a lot about superpowers and realizing that uh, every comic was written based on a superpower that somebody wanted to have or in fact did have. When you see Michael Jordan and sorry for all of you people who grew up on, on LeBron James, uh, I've never seen him in a dunk contest. I'm sure he's great, but I remember Michael Jordan launching from the free throw line. And that image is seared into my brain because honestly, it seemed to defy physics. He flew. And so that's, that's my Superman. There are people who can be chained to two jets with, their arms and the jets can put all of their torque and force and engines driving in the opposite directions. And it doesn't rip their arms off. I don't even understand again. It defies physics, but it is the man of steel, super strength, super strong, hulking power. I imagine that the first time Michael Jordan thought about trying to slam dunk a basketball from the free throw line, he felt at least a moment of fear. In fact, Uh, whatever he says at this point in his career, I guarantee you the first time he thought about it, he felt fear, Uh, a momentary fear that he would fail uh, or that he would twist his ankle, whatever it might be. I know it's hard to think of him as a human being at this point. Um, You might even have a hard time thinking of him kindly because he was apparently quite a jackass to his teammates, but uh, he did things that no one else has done before in ways that no one else will ever do them again. I imagine that the first time somebody said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and chain my arms to two jet planes and let them try to fly away. And I'm going to try to hold them in place that that person probably worried a little bit about having their arms literally ripped off. We know that a chimpanzee can physically do that to a human being. So two jet planes seem like a fairly significant risk. And maybe you're wondering, what does this have to do with novels? Well, it has everything to do with novels, whether you're just now sitting down to finally write it. Um, I am mostly speaking to those of you who are really set now on publishing your novels. But if you're listening to this and you haven't written one, but you know that you want to and that you eventually want to sell it to readers, uh, this is for you. And actually, it might even be more timely because you're, you're afraid of marketing. You're afraid of putting yourself out there. You're afraid of putting your stamp of approval on the book. You're scared of a lot of different things, Uh, and that's a good thing because it teaches you something very important. Fear tells us that our experience or the experience we're about to enter into is valuable. Think of it like bold text in a book or underlining or bold and underlining if you're scared enough. Pay attention. This moment means something. That is what fear is telling you the same way that excitement is telling you that something is great. Uh, Many people will say that the best part of the weekend is actually about 3 p.m. on Friday afternoon while they're still sitting in their chair at work because the anticipation of having a couple days of rest, a few drinks that evening, hanging out with friends is so good. It feels so delicious to expect and anticipate that that's excitement excitement is the best part of the actual event. And it precedes the event. Fear is that same thing. Fear is a different physical feeling, a different mental feeling, a different spiritual feeling, but it's doing the same thing. It's saying, Ooh, this is big. This is going to be big. So there's nothing wrong with feeling fear. In fact, if you are like the pterodactyl, in the good dinosaur, and you feel no fear that you've truly literally banished fear, you are at a disadvantage from everyone else. If you have the opportunity to meet Ryan Gosling, is he a big deal anymore? I don't know. But if you have the opportunity to meet him and you don't feel nervous, I think something's broken with your endocrine system. Okay. That's inside the body. It produces all the cool chemicals that make you feel good and bad and happy and sad and angry and mad. I could just keep rhyming, although that wouldn't be so rad. <laughs> fear. It is a superpower to have it. And there have been a lot of movies and a lot of books and a lot of poems, epic poems, video games, all based on fear. Because when you can have it, when you can control it, when you can aim it, when you can confront it, when you can stand in the face of it, you can achieve anything. If you waste all of your life and all of your energy and all of your time on overcoming fear, then you will fail. You cannot accomplish everything. You cannot do everything because you'll so get out of whack that when there's a moment that's really important, you won't even understand how important it is because you've mastered fear. You don't want to master fear. We want to befriend fear. We want to welcome fear. Thank you for the information, endocrine system. Thank you for letting me know that this moment matters. And there are going to be some of you listening right now who are like, I'm scared of everything. I'm like the good dinosaur. I'm afraid of everything. I'm paralyzed because every choice scares me all the time. And so I'm, I'm stuck in indecision, same problem. It's no different. You don't need to overcome that, but like an alcoholic. And I, I I know some of this from personal experience, my, 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 relationship with alcohol is gotta be like right there. If, if I'm able to drink, it's just barely, I'm probably not able to drink, but for any of you listening and, and, and knowing that is, that's the same thing. Okay. You get up on stage and you think you need a couple drinks to take the edge off. I've been there a couple more than a couple drinks to take the edge off. But because I didn't make a relationship with fear, instead, I tried to tamp it down, to get rid of it, to push it to the side, to move through it. I didn't learn how to befriend it. And so I can't deal with it. And so I am always stuck in fear. And you're the same. It's because you've done things to try to dismiss fear, to move fear away, that now you're scared of everything. You don't need to overcome it. That's what you've been trying to do and failing at. You need to befriend it. So say to fear right now, I welcome you in my life, fear. I thank you for telling me what I need to know and start working on moving with fear in the room, hand in hand. You have an opportunity right now to befriend somebody in your sphere, whether it's through Twitter. I love talking about Twitter. Twitter is an amazing place to meet writers, especially whether it's on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, God forbid in person. Go to some events, you know, put on something a little nicer than this silly periodic table t-shirt that I'm wearing right now and go out and meet some people IRL Yeah, in real life. That's right. Real life. Meet them, befriend them. If you're afraid, just hold hands with the fear. You can even introduce them to them. They'll probably look at you funny if you're like, hey, Bob, this is my buddy fear right here. He's happy to meet you too. Don't do that. Definitely don't do that. That's actually, you might get a bad reputation. So just, you know that fear is right there with you. (sighs) You know what I've got in my cup right now? That's right. Writer's block coffee. It is without a doubt, undeniably, and quite possibly the reigning champion of the most delicious coffees I've ever drank. Since I've been drinking it, I haven't had writer's block one time, not even one time. And that may be a coincidence, but I don't think so. I think writer's block coffee actually physically gets into your brain. I don't know how it passes the brain-blood barrier, but it must because, oh, I just never have writer's block anymore. And and the, the caffeine, I think it might even be superior. It's because the beans are 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 sun-dried, okay? The cherries are picked off the tree, and they're put on a big tarp or something, and then they're sun-dried until the flesh just like melds with the, the cherry pit the stone, and then they shake it or something, or I can't remember exactly the process. You should listen to the episode of the podcast where I interview Ben Sobiek, who is the creator of Writer's Block Coffee and the Writer's Glove. And then when you love that story and you're so excited to drink the best coffee on the market, what you need to do is check the show notes, the links here, click on them, use the code at checkout TRBM to get 10% off Writer's Block Coffee or Writer's Glove if you get cold hands in the winter. It is chilling up here in the North, the Midwest North, the Northern Midwest. You're gonna wanna stay nice and warm, juicy, warm. And since we're talking about things that you can buy to support the show, to support your lifestyle, to keep yourself from having writer's block, I do have a book and I would love for you to pre-order it. So listen up. Two things here, okay? This is important. I know it's a longer step away from the podcast, but I really want to get it in for you. The ebook is available for pre-order. It will release on January 2nd, 2023. If you buy the ebook anytime. Before December 2nd, I will give you a free copy of the audiobook on December 2nd. That's a whole month early. A free audiobook of my book, The Seven Figure Marketing Mindset for Novelists. That's right, The Seven Figure Marketing Mindset for Novelists. It's a big title with a big promise, and you want to read it because it will deliver. You'll get a free audiobook, and on publication day, you'll get the ebook. Or here's option number two I will have a physical copy of the book available for pre-order in just a few days. And when that is available, I will drop it in the links. So you'll be able to come to this episode. You'll be able to click on it. You'll be able to go to my website. You'll be able to go to my Substack, You'll be able to go to my Twitter, wherever you want to go and get a copy of the physical book pre-ordered. When you do that, and this is only for pre-orders. When you do that, I am going to deliver an ebook to a novelist of your choice Free of charge. You get an ebook to the novelist of your choice, free of charge. So, those are the two offers. Okay. Buy the ebook, get a free audiobook, or buy the physical book. And I will give a free ebook to any novelist of your choice. You just have to let me know who it is. All of this must be emailed to me, proof of purchase, so that you can get your freebies. Go get those freebies. I want to sing a song like Get Those Freebies. But basically, I just kind of sounded stupid. I am afraid to publish this book, because I have not sold a million of anything. I haven't lived a million days. I haven't done a million good things. I've gotten mad a million times at my children. They're tough. Kids are tough, folks. If you have them, you know what I'm saying. You know what I mean? I'm afraid to publish this book because in my head, I believe that everybody is saying, like, this Jody cat, you know, he seems nice enough, but uh, we'll really see Where the rubber hits the road, so to speak, metaphorically speaking, Uh, can he actually sell a million copies of the seven-figure marketing mindset for novelists? And the answer is absolutely I can, and I will. I don't know the timetable yet. I will admit to you that selling books is really challenging. Getting momentum is really challenging, and building a brand in your name is really challenging. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, okay? I'm going to publicly disagree with anybody who says that you should have reasonable goals because you'll burn out otherwise. I would say, in fact, it's the exact opposite. It feels a whole hell of a lot worse to have a reasonable goal and not meet it than it does to have a huge goal and realize that you have to increase your effort. We just talked about that, okay? Increase your efforts. Don't decrease your goals. Set big goals. If there's a future that you envision for yourself, then that's what you want to go after. Okay. And this is the one thing that I can tell you about fear that I have learned. And if you believe me and you embrace this, it will change your life because it changed mine. And it's changed a lot of people's. I learned it from somebody else who taught it to somebody else who taught it to somebody else. This is just a heritage of of truth right here. Okay. I have some massive goals and a couple of them is I'd like to have a full beard. Okay. I have these huge holes in my beard. If you're watching on YouTube right now, you can see the, the, the holes in my beard. Otherwise just take my word for it. Um, And I also wear glasses. I need this prescription. I am so blind without my glasses. It's uh, it's, it's concerning. One of my goals is to have enough money that I can get laser eye surgery, or uh, somebody says PRK is better. I'll do a little more research when I get closer and to get beard implants. Don't judge me. I want them. I really do. That's something. I mean, physically, I I like the look of me with a full beard because I can imagine the look. And and since I was a little kid, I've always wanted a full beard. Uh, I'm I'm serious. I you can you can like figure out how to get in touch with my mom if you want to. I remember I was like 13 and I'm in the downstairs bathroom looking at my face and she's like, "What are you doing, Jody?" I think she called me Jay back then. That's a long story. But anyways, what are you doing, Jay? And I was like. I don't know. I'm looking at these hairs and they're like, they're peach fuzz. And I'm like, do you think if I just keep growing this, I can get a beard? Like, (laughs) no, I still can't, but I try. I always keep some scruff because I love it. I love the scruff, but I want it to be full. I want it to be like lumberjack big. My wife would be happy with that too. Ashley always dreamed that she was going to marry a teddy bear with a big beard. Instead, she married a meathead who couldn't grow uh, even a mustache that you know, genetically has gotten better. Anyways, you're not here to listen to my story, but I am telling you these things because those two goals inform the amount of work that I need to do financially to get to a place where I can actually justify spending that kind of money on my appearance, which I have no issue with that. If you want to go get plastic surgery to make your nose different, I'm all for that. How we feel about ourselves is really important and how we get to feeling how we feel about ourselves has somewhat to do with the work we do on ourselves. So if you work out every day, you're going to feel better about yourself because you look better. I know, I'm sorry. I won't say any more about that because people can freak the heck out about it, but it's true, okay? If you write really hard, you, you get in the room and you write really, really hard because you have massive goals, you will feel better about yourself. If you write sporadically when inspiration comes, you're going to deal with imposter syndrome all the time, okay? We'll talk about imposter syndrome another time because I have some strong feelings on it, but I just want to say to you, make goals for yourself and those goals will be an anchor that you can hook into to fight fear. You hook into that anchor to, 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 I just said it. I said, fight fear. Okay. That's not the right word to exist with fear. When fear comes in, it's really big and scary and makes you want to run away. You anchor, and then you tie that anchor around your waist. So when you want to flee, boom, you hit that anchor and you can't go anywhere. Okay. The anchor stops you. And then you have to face fear. I guess fight fear. Maybe that's it. Maybe you're fighting it. Okay. Because like I'm thinking uh, about, Jacob and the angel, you know, wrestling with each other. Okay. That's what Israel means. It means wrestled with uh, God or something like that. I don't know. Anyways, that's a whole nation is basically wrestled with or fought a very, very scary God. I'm riffing at this point and enjoying it. So I hope that you're getting some value. Typically I try to keep this to about 14 minutes, but I have I have feelings. I've got the feelings here. Okay. Another one of my goals, a ridiculous goal that I have that a lot of you will probably turn the off button on for is I want to be a hundred millionaire. I know exactly how to get there financially. I know the mechanisms of how to do it, but I need to create a very large amount of money to move in that direction. And that means I have to sell a lot of books because I burned all the other bridges. There are no other bridges. I will not make money on coaching. I had a couple of coaching people that were actually going to pay me for some of the things that I was doing for them. And I reached out to them this week and said, We're not doing that. I'm not going to take money for coaching people because that's predatory. I never meant it that way. But I just realized when you're dealing with somebody's dreams and they're willing to pay you for it, it's because they're desperate and they don't know how to make it. And when it comes to that, let's just be honest. If I can help you get there, It's my responsibility to do that as a human being. And so I'm going to help you get there. That doesn't mean I can answer every email. If you want to know how to sell your first 2,500 books, I've got a couple of clients that I'm working with right now that we're getting closer to every day, achieving that as a reality. I do work with people. I want to keep working with people. I might not be able to work with you. I, I have my own plate, but listen, what I'm saying is my books, selling my books is the way that i'm going to make money and i'm going to take that money and i'm going to move it into some passive real estate yes i know exactly where to look for it you can talk to me about that if you want i can tell you how to get the best return on your money regardless of the economy but there's another anchor. If I want to make that much money, I got to sell a lot of books. And if I got to sell a lot of books, I got to hustle really hard. And I'm not talking about the negative toxic hustle that everybody seems to think exists. I'm not familiar with it. I know that the harder I work, the more love I have. So I work really hard. But the deal is that, that those huge goals, they remind me what I have to do. And so when fear is here, I'm equally afraid of not achieving my goal as I am of the bigness of my goal. So I've got two jet planes, okay, on each arm that are going in opposite directions. Either way, I lose. So I just got to stand tight. I got to stand in position and fight fear. Yeah, thanks. We learn together. We're fighting fear, but we are also friends with fear. It's our friendly foe. Fear, the friendly foe. This is a great place to leave off. I really appreciate everything that you mean to me for for listening to the podcast uh it's it's a joy to make this thing I hope that I'm still speaking to a few of you that you haven't signed off already uh if you are still listening and you have not subscribed to the show it does help me so so much if you're on YouTube hit the thumbs up that helps a ton uh, if you leave a comment that helps a ton share it with somebody that helps a ton all of that kind of stuff. Anything that you can do to help get the word out there, listen, it's all free, people. It's all free. The only thing you're going to pay for is my book. And that seems pretty fair to me. So go buy my book, The 7-Figure Marketing Mindset for Novelists. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, do me a big favor right now. Click on the follow button in whatever podcast app you're listening on. That way you'll get notifications every time I drop a new episode. And if you still can't get enough, you can go to the show notes, click the link for my newsletter and sign up today. I'll give you one to two interesting pieces of content every single month that you won't hear on the podcast or find laying around on the internet.